0: My name is Sophia Belinskaya, and I'm here today with Seattle based artist Deb Ochak. Deb submerges her camera in oceans around the world, and she photographs the movement of water and the ways that people interact with the boundary of land and sea. Deb is represented by Winston Walker Fine Art in Seattle, Washington, and her work has appeared in lots of local publications, including Lux Magazine and King 5 News. Deb, thank you for sitting down with me. You explore different subjects concerning water, and I wanted to jump in by talking about your most recent show, Culture and Sea, which is really comprised of two different series, Ebb and Flow and Aquatic Street. The connecting theme and force between these two bodies of work, is water. Can you talk about what initially drew you to the subject?
1: I grew up around the water. It's really a major part of my childhood. We would take day trips to the beach all the time as a family, so I grew up playing in the water with my siblings. This was something I did mostly with my mother and my siblings. And from my earliest memory, this is how we found joy, how we relaxed as a family. Fast forward many years, and I'm doing the same thing with my own children. And I became really attracted to photographing my children in the water, not really realizing that link to my own childhood history, but I find that so ironic that I started shooting my own children in the water, capturing them, mostly portraits. And from there, it quickly evolved to my first body of work which was ebb and flow and that was literally me giving the kids a break (laughs) and and swimming out a ways and capturing just the surface of the water and the interplay between the the water's movement and my lens of my camera and I found that process so captivating that I decided to bring that forth and print those very large scale so it was really rather innocent but it's grown from there. And can you talk a little bit about Aquatic Street as well? You started photographing people in the water. Again, that links to motherhood to a large extent because these are places we were going as a family with my children. And my kids are attracted to places that have a lot of other people, other kids to play with. And so I found myself there with my camera equipment and opportunities would present themselves. One of my first images where I really felt like I had something really interesting is called The Q. And that was shot in Maui at Black Rock, which is a really popular place for people to swim all the way out to the rock and then climb up on the rocks and jump in. And I was in position because my son was a little nervous about climbing up on the rock. And so I was watching him when I saw this really fascinating lineup of people submerged in the water waiting their turn to start climbing up on the rocks and then the people continuing up the rock and at the time it was a single image it was a sort of a standalone image that I, w- I really loved and I, I printed and I printed it large format but as I continued to travel with my family I found myself in more and more places that were bustling with people doing interesting things in the water And over time, I I looked at the body of work and realized, this is essentially street photography, but from the water. And that's how that series began.
0: You've photographed scenes around the world, like you mentioned. It started out in Hawaii, but you've also shot around the continental United States, as well as parts of Italy. Do you sense a difference in what you photograph, You know, both culturally and geographically, depending on where you are?
1: And what do you discover when you shoot these different places? What differences do you see? There's so many differences, and that's sort of become... A mission of the work is to really show I, I don't arrive with any other agenda except how can I capture this place just as it is what is the culture of this particular beach this particular country this location this time of year what is it about that that I and I want to try and do my very very best to have my photographs represent that mm-hmm. um, in Italy Positano Capri um, is. I, I shot a lot there last year the gorgeous architecture that is the backdrop for my aquatic street photographs that I captured there I mean that, that was a major part of what made those images work I feel in Florida uh, the water was this really interesting color sort of greenish yellowish but really 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 beautiful and there were so many beautiful birds in Florida so I found that was a big part of what the story that I was telling there Hawaii has such a um, a sporty vibe to it so the aquatic street stuff there there's people really active they're really physical they're doing interesting active things in the water so yeah I, I really think it's important to just capture what each scene is presenting to me
0: And in the process of photographing the way that people interact with the water, which is beaches in particular are, you know, these public spaces, do you see a difference in the way that people interact with a public space like a beach versus the way that they would interact at a restaurant or a library or a public
1: square? Is there something that you notice I think people are just so much more relaxed at the beach. I think to a person, they are there enjoying themselves. They're either really peacefully alone or they're really engaged with one another and they're having fun. kids are playing, um, the grown-ups are watching, overseeing, swimming, floating. I think it's a really joyful experience for people.
0: I wanted to ask kind of switch gears a little bit and ask about the perspective in your photographs. There's a sense of peering in the work of being both above and below the waterline and being submerged for the viewer.
1: What significance does this perspective have for you? I think The camera is able to do something that the human eye can't in stopping the motion of water so that we can see above and below at the same time. And I find this really fascinating. I know that I can put my lens in certain positions to capture just the surface or capture completely below, but that interplay between above and below is something I can't control. So I just have to put my camera there and let nature do the rest and we can swim and we can experience all of these things but we can never stop the motion of water to really really look at the details of it and that's where I think photography can do something that we can't and I think that's really really fascinating. I also love the concept or some of my photographs where the water is having that interplay with the lens and we're seeing above and below almost like you're lifting a sheet, like revealing the world below. And it's, it's beautiful to me. It's absolutely beautiful. It is beautiful.
0: Yeah. And to jump off that, you've talked a little bit about seeing the body as being weightless in the water as it's suspended in the water. And that sense really speaks to it as well of, peeking underneath or what's happening underneath can you talk a
1: little bit more about that that's again something the camera can do that our human eye can't very well perhaps a little bit with goggles but when in some of my photographs where I do have people I'm fully underwater with my camera and you can see a swimmer who is uh, suspended in the water or being picked up by a wave I think it it just shows the weight of water, how powerful it is. It's really poetic movements that our bodies do underwater, and these are average people. These aren't models or dancers or, you know, I, I've seen other artists do that and I think it's really beautiful, but these are just everyday people in this almost angelic position in the water and sometimes interacting with a relatively large wave picking them up or crashing over them. And so that um, my camera's also able to capture the architecture of the underbelly of a wave. Again, something that we can swim in the waves all we want, but we can't stop that motion to really, really look at it. And I I find it just an area that's really rich for me, and I want to keep shooting.
0: In a couple of your photographs... Where you're looking up at the wave, it looks like the sky. It starts to have this function inside the wave. Yes. It has this cloud-like function of the sky. It's, It's beautiful. I want to ask you about your process. Can you tell me how you prepare for your shoot, how you get ready
1: and go to photograph? That's a great question. So I shoot digitally, and I put my camera into an underwater housing. So to prepare for a shoot, I bring several lenses with me, and depending on light conditions or the environment where I'm shooting, I'll I'll select which lens I want to use that day. I'll read the light and set my camera to the best of my ability, though so much of what I shoot happens in the moment. So to the best of my ability, I'm going to set my camera up, but then I lock it into the housing and I don't make adjustments again after that. I go into the water very unencumbered, no mask, no snorkel, just my my camera locked in that housing. And I try to release a lot of expectations about what I'm about to get and just really get into a relaxed mindset and try and receive. I shoot generously because it's digital. That gives me the opportunity to shoot a lot. Later, I'll deal with, you know, what worked and what didn't work. But in the moment, I'm really, really relaxed. So it's an intuitive approach. It's a very intuitive approach.
0: And do you see yourself as being a part of the scene that you're in? Or are you removed from it?
1: I feel like I'm very much a part of it, and that would be the case for both Ebb and Flow and the Aquatic Street. Ebb and Flow, where I'm shooting just the details of the water itself, I'm completely engaged in that moment, and then I hope the final print that results from that is one in which the viewer then feels that they can have this intimate experience with the water. When I'm shooting the Aquatic Street... I'm such a part of the scene. I'm really lit up by everything I'm seeing. I'm probably smiling from ear to ear because I'm having so much fun with these scenes. So I I feel very, very engaged and not removed in the least.
0: And I want to expand a little bit on the Aquatic Street series. When you're photographing people... It does feel like you're very much a part of the scene. And you capture these very, very candid moments. Can you talk a little bit more about that approach and kind of what techniques you use to capture these very kind of natural, unassuming images?
1: Yeah. My camera apparatus is relatively large, so I made the choice some time ago that when shooting The Aquatic Street... I would hold the camera away from my face. And I've developed this technique where there's a a pistol grip, so I can hold the camera relatively low at my torso, and uh, basically I'm holding the camera right at my heart. So what people are seeing is my face, and I'm looking at them. My camera is at my heart, which I think is really interesting, and I'm essentially shooting from the heart. So without having camera up to my face, I think that really relaxes people. And I'm able to weave in through the crowds that way. And it's not as intimidating as if I'm holding it up to my face. Mm. I love
0: that. So I want to talk a little bit about the importance of color in your work. Mm -hmm. It feels really vital. It feels
1: really central. Can
0: you talk a little bit about that?
1: It's a huge part of my work. One of the reasons I'm drawn to the beach and drawn to these... Particular scenes when I travel is the color itself. The color of water, how it varies from place to place, is really big. The colorful bathing suits and floaties and the sky color, the architecture, umbrellas. There's so much color at the beach, I just can't imagine doing this work in black and white. Printing in color, I I think is difficult to get right, but I'm really, really committed to doing that. We know what water is supposed to look like. We know what, you know, red is supposed to look like. So to fine tune these really rich scenes and get the colors just perfect is very challenging to do, but I think it's essential. I think it's essential to my body of work.
0: I think you capture it quite well in your photographs. They're very vibrant. Thank you. Thank you. That kind of leads me into the next question. I want to go into your studio and kind of take me into the process. You have hundreds and hundreds of images. And as you go into the studio and start selecting them, can you talk to me a little bit about that moment of recognition where you see a piece and say, that's going to develop into a print? Is there something that you're looking for? Is
1: there something that strikes and inspires you? I, I go through my photographs with, I would say, two approaches. The first pass is, is looking for the shots that I actually intended to get. So am I trying to create additional ebb and flow photographs for my to continue my series? Then I'm looking for the quality of the water where I shot and maybe some magic with the clouds above or trade winds or the water reflecting something beautiful below. And so there's that first pass where I'm looking for something really specific, but then I always love to go back to my archives and just look in a really relaxed way for the things that were complete surprises. And there's so many surprises. Because I shoot in such a, a loose way, there's always something that unplanned that, that I see and have an aha moment about. Um, one of the biggest challenges I have with my work that other photographers wouldn't have is water spots. Because I'm swimming with my camera, the port that covers my lens is always getting splashed with water. So I'm always looking for images that have great composition where the light is wonderful where there's something interesting happening but also isn't ruined by water spots i do a lot of careful zooming in to see if something's going to work and make collections of images i think could potentially work Um, but then i'm just looking i'm looking for magical combinations things can potentially even surprise me even though i captured it I like to revisit my archives frequently because I see something different every time I go back. And because I shoot digitally, I shoot a lot of work on these trips. These are two- and three-week-long trips I'm shooting every single day. So it's really great to come back with fresh eyes. Maybe I'm feeling energetically really different when I look at my archives and then I see something that I didn't see before.
0: Can you tell me a little bit more about the decisions that go into the printing and post production process?
1: Yes. So I narrow down from several thousand photographs to maybe um, a really tight group of 40 or so. Um, I'll, I'll do a first pass at editing of those and see if the spots can be removed. Uh, what I like about one image versus the other. And then I narrow that down maybe to another 10. And those I really hone in on the editing in Lightroom and Photoshop. And I start doing some test prints. I have a pretty good instinct on what's going to work well in a print, but you never really know until you're holding it in your hands and see how the image interacts with the paper. Um, And then I love playing around with scale, So, you know, if it works small, is it going to work large? So it's a really painstaking process to custom print each of these, but it's a huge part of my vision to be able to take it from the beach to the digital darkroom, then to paper all by my own hand.
0: Can you talk a little bit more about the importance of scale in your work and how you choose
1: what size to print which photo? It's interesting. I think the work really calls to be made large. It's like the work decided that, and so although it's so much more difficult for me to produce it that way, I think it's really, really important. I think it uh, enables the viewer to really enter the scene, which is what I love. And with both ebb and flow and the aquatic street, there's so many details that can then be examined and appreciated when they're large. I've tried doing them smaller. It would be a lot easier for me if they were smaller, but I really, really feel that this work beckons to really take up a lot of space.
0: Yes, you do. I feel like I'm swimming every time yeah. I look at your photographs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wanted to ask about your history before coming into fine art photography. You did social work and you worked with people. And now you photograph people. Does that part of your life inform your photography and the way that you approach shooting?
1: I definitely think it does. I still have a lot of curiosity around it myself. I often wonder how the two come together in my work. One thing I know for sure is that I am really fascinated by people and I really love to create a sense of intimacy with people. That's a big part of social work. You have to really be able to connect and engage so that you can help your client. I'm so drawn to um, the people that I photograph in the aquatic street in particular. And it's like getting a window into their world that's really similar to what social work was for me too.
0: So lastly, I wanted to ask about the kind of element of surprise that seems important to you. What have you discovered in the process of creating these two bodies of work and and photographing?
1: You know, because I'm often photographing with my family, I realized I had to set aside rigid expectations that some of us photographers will have at times about getting the shot when the light is perfect when you want to have the shot. And I realized I can't vacation with my family and also be obsessing over every photograph at the same time. Maybe there's a middle way. And, in fact, I found not only a middle way that makes these vacations really harmonious, but I actually think it makes the work better. It's been really, really an exciting discovery. Essentially what I do is I just arrive as prepared as possible with my equipment, I lock it in the housing, and then I go about having fun in the water. And when I do that, I end up capturing things I never could have planned. I never could have orchestrated. So I'm just putting myself in the path of this, and then I'm receiving. It's a pretty spiritual process, to be honest with you, and it makes for a happier family vacation and better art. And so it's lovely and beautiful and exciting and something I'm incredibly grateful that I was able to discover in my process.
0: Well, fantastic. I look forward to seeing more work. Do you plan to continue these two bodies of work or do you have something else planned for the future?
1: I absolutely will continue to shoot both Ebb and Flow and Aquatic Street among other themes that emerge in water. I'll be traveling to Sicily with my family. We'll be returning to Hawaii at the end of the year. And there's a few other locations that I'm planning right now. But there'll be maybe five to six other locations within the year. Fantastic. And lastly, Deb, where can people go to see your work? Well, my work is represented through Winston Walker Fine Arts Seattle or they can find it on my website, which is debachachach.com. You can also follow me on Instagram, which is at debachachach.
0: Deb, thank you so much
1: for your time. It's lovely hearing about your work. Thank you so much, Sophia. I really enjoyed it.
0: This interview was recorded in June 2018 at Cat Pack Studios in Seattle, Washington, hosted by Sophia Belenskaya engineered and produced by Chris Shewitt. For more information on the artist, please visit
1: www.debachak.com.